0: Welcome to Women on the Line, a community radio national women's current affairs program produced at 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne and broadcast on the Community Radio Network. I'm Emma Hart.
1: Being Indigenous and being within Australia, we're disadvantaged and it's it's really hard to get jobs, it's really hard to get ahead and it's really hard to own your own home. But when Aboriginal people at the same equality and status as all other Australians, then we have bridged the gap and we have taken a step forward.
0: January 26, known officially as Australia Day, marks the beginning of the European colonisation of what would become known as Australia, the day in 1788 that the first fleet of British ships landed at Port Jackson, New South Wales, and the Union Jack was raised at Sydney Cove. While the date is celebrated as Australia's National Day, for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, January 26 holds the significance of marking the beginning of the invasion and theft of their lands by colonisers, and for many Indigenous people, the day is marked as a day of mourning and resistance. This week on Women on the Line, we look at discussions surrounding changing the date of Australia Day and a recent decision by the City of Yarra Council in Melbourne to change the way they engage with January 26. We'll hear from Yarra Mayor Amanda Stone and from Wurundjeri Elder Annette Sheberis, whose voice you heard at the start of this episode. Before we begin, I would like to acknowledge that this episode was produced on the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. Their sovereignty was never ceded, and I pay my respects to their elders' past, present and future.
2: I'm Amanda Stone, and I'm the Mayor of the city of Yarra.
0: Thanks for being available today, Amanda. So... To jump backwards in time a little bit, on August the 15th, Yarra Council voted unanimously to cease referring to Australia Day as Australia Day in council communications and use January 26th instead, and to cease holding citizenship ceremonies for new Australian citizens on that day, um, as well as a number of other measures designed to be more inclusive of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities. Could you tell us a bit about the genesis of this process and how it took place?
2: Well, I'm sure your listeners are aware that um, the city of Yarra and especially Fitzroy and Collingwood are very important places historically for Aboriginal people and they were places where the Aboriginal um, population was much higher in the past and despite people moving out, they still come back and gather and meet, particularly around Fitzroy and Collingwood. So it's a really important place the Aboriginal community, and Yarra Council works in partnership with them and has done for a long time. So we've been hearing for a very long time about that community's discomfort around celebrating Australia Day on January the 26th, and uh, we've known for a long time that it's been problematic, it's been sad, it's been um, a negative experience. So It wasn't until the Change the Date campaign itself started taking off last year that it became obvious that we couldn't not respond in any way again. So we firstly said about consulting with the Aboriginal community about what they would like to see us do on that day. We moved to do that in February and what happened in August was a result of that.
0: Mm -hmm. And I understand um, that as well as... A consultation with the local Aboriginal community, there was also a survey of uh, non-Indigenous Yarra residents, just under 300 people? Mm.
2: There was. We'd actually didn't ask the officers to consult more broadly than the Aboriginal community. The first thing we wanted to know was how did they feel about it? What would they like to see us do or not do on that date? But as a as a comparison, or they, the officers took a little bit more broadly and they did ask a sample of residents, visitors and businesses in the street. And remarkably, they came up with very similar responses.
0: Excellent. And recently, Moreland Council has also voted to cease, referring to January twenty-six as Australia Day, which takes the total of councils in Australia to Yarra, Darabin and Moreland in Melbourne and also, I think, Fremantle in Western Australia. I mean, mm. why is this issue important for for local councils?
2: Local government is very close to the community. We, we're very available um, and we talk to people in the community every day. So we know how important it is to them. So it's important to us too. And um, all of those councils that you've mentioned have strong partnerships with their Aboriginal communities. So they would have known for quite some time that this was a really negative experience, the wrong day for a celebration for them. And that we really do need to look at an alternate day for a national celebration that includes everyone.
0: And after this decision, uh, the Council received criticism from the federal government, including from Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull, who described the decision as utterly out of step with Australian values. I mean, what has the impact on Yarra Council been from that aspect of this process?
2: It's been, I guess it shouldn't be surprising, but there has been a huge response and it's been very strong from two points of view. We've had overwhelming expressions of support for our position, but we've also heard from a lot of people who are very angry and upset by the decision. A lot of that Um, anger is based on misunderstandings that we've actually cancelled Australia Day or we have changed the date, none of which we can do. We've just changed what we do as a council representing our community on that date. But it's obviously touched something very strong and very deep in a lot of people. And even though that's uncomfortable, it does suggest that there really is a need to open
0: this up for discussion. It certainly seems to be a conversation uh, which not only emerges every year but seems to be gathering momentum as well. Mm. Um, I understand that on September 5 a Yarra Council meeting was interrupted by far-right protesters as well. Could you speak Mm. more about that?
2: Yes, about half an hour into our Council meeting we just finished the early part of the meeting and a group of... Men, young, youngish men, I suppose, marched into the council chamber carrying Australian flags and placards, and um, one of them had a loud hailer of the old-fashioned kind. And they kind of marched around the council table and chanted slogans about Australia Day, and slogans of a patriotic nature, and they stood there for a while and shouted a bit and, After I advised them that we had heard their message, they'd had a say, they left. And it was all over within about two minutes. But it was disruptive and it was really disappointing to all the community members who came and waited in the appropriate way to have a say, to have a democratic say at our council meeting and to be uh, interrupted rudely and in a somewhat threatening way. was unfair and unreasonable.
0: Women on the line And I mean, in terms of the recent decision by both Darabin and Moreland Councils since Yara has had that vote, I mean where where to for this issue from here and for Yara Council especially?
2: Well, more broadly, I think a lot of councils are having this discussion amongst themselves. I think they're not all um, keen on pursuing the line that we have they don't quite have that community support yet but they are certainly aware that this is firstly a conversation that needs to be had and secondly an issue that's not going to go away so the many councils i've spoken to across the board understand that this is a movement um, that it's a movement for change and like many such movements it's probably got an inevitable conclusion, but there's a long process of um, discussion and education to have. As for YARA, we will continue to implement what we decided we would do, which is to um, have a, something small and culturally appropriate on January the 26th next year. It's not a day of celebration, so we won't be having a big celebration, not that we ever did really. Um, we obviously won't be conducting a citizenship ceremony. We can't do that anymore. Uh, We will have our citizenship awards on another day, but we will still have them. And we will support community-strengthening projects around Fitzroy, around Mayfair, Melbourne Aboriginal Youth Sport and Recreation Centre, and we'll support the Share the Spirit Festival at the City of Melbourne, which is a celebration and it's an appropriate one we we'll getting behind that
0: too. Mm-hmm. Touching on um, community strengthening measures and also discussion and education, as you mentioned before, could you speak a bit more to some of the aspects of that council motion that have been, I suppose, less discussed? Uh, I mean, in terms of this process.
2: Well, Fitzroy still has the origins of Aboriginal activism and a long history of the presence there. And um, we've been slowly building on that uh, with the Aboriginal community for some time. For example, we have historical markers along there that indicate what took place there with the first Aboriginal Housing Service, the Aboriginal Health Service, the Aboriginal Legal Service, the newspaper, important places. And we have Aboriginal walking tours of Gertrude Street, which anyone um, can come along and learn about the history, and there's a huge interest in that. Those tours are always well and truly booked out. We want to support Mesa to provide a centre for young people to learn about, to learn skills, um, and to connect with each other, but also to uh, learn about culture and um, strengthen that connection to their own heritage. and We will work with the Wurundjeri Council as well, who are based in Yarra, of course, to continue to support uh, all the activities that they're involved in that build and connect and join people together and maintain culture and language, which are so important.
0: Mm -hmm. And, I mean, if it's possible to use such emotive language in relation to government, I suppose. I mean, what what does the Council hope for in terms of a best possible outcome from this kind of process?
2: I hope people will talk about what it means to, to celebrate a National Day, what we should be celebrating. I know for many people it's opened up lots of questions about what it means to be Australian and what it means to celebrate our nation, what we are celebrating, uh, who celebrates, and when is the a good time to celebrate and the conversations I'm having in the street I had one at 10 o'clock last night on my way home in Smith Street I was stopped by people who wanted to talk about it everyone has an idea about what it should be and they're the conversations we need to have because they go to the heart of our identity as individuals and as a community and as a nation and they're really ultimately very big discussions to have they can't be rushed And indeed the Goulundjeri community in Yarra have told us that they want this to be a slow step-by-step process, that they wanna bring people along this understanding and learning path. And they really want the change to be meaningful and sustainable and based on understanding, not anger or reactions. So that's what we're hoping. We're hoping the conversation will continue And those who support uh, the Change the Date campaign or who support opening this up for considering another date will lead, in the community, will lead those discussions.
0: On community radio around Australia, you're listening to Women on the Line. This week, we're looking at the significance of the date of January 26 and you just heard the Mayor of the City of Yarra, Amanda Stone. Since the City of Yarra decision in August... Darabin Council has made a similar decision, and while Moreland Council will continue to hold citizenship ceremonies on January 26, they also recently voted to cease referring to that date as Australia Day and to advocate to the federal government for change. Next, we'll hear from Wurundjeri Elder Annette Sheveris, Chair of the City of Yarra Aboriginal Advisory Committee.
1: My name's Annette Sheveris, and I'm a Wurundjeri Elder.
0: Thanks for joining us on the program today, Annette. So Yarra and Darabin Council have voted to move citizenship ceremonies away from January 26 and to refer to January 26 as simply January 26 rather than Australia Day in their communications. And Moreland Council has also recently voted to undertake the latter action. Could you describe the consultation process with the Aboriginal community and these decisions and your own involvement?
1: I'm actually the chair of the um, City uh, Yarra Aboriginal Advisory Committee. Um, To us, and I remember when I was a little girl, Australia Day was Invasion Day to the Aboriginal people. It was the start of the genocide of our people. And I remember in the um, 60s and the 70s, our old people would go to um, Port Phillip Bay and throw reefs in the bay because of the atrocities that happened to our people. A lot of our people um, died. Uh, Our families were segregated and uh, everything that was true to the family values as an Aboriginal person was taken away from us. Uh, I remember the old people very upset on Australia Day and to them it was um, a day that started... Civil War within Australia. It was a day that our old people died. Wurundjeri actually got down to only a, a couple of people to regenerate our, our tribal ground. But um, uh, we went from a population of thousands down to two or three people to start our population off again. Mm.
0: So a really significant day in Wurundjeri history and Aboriginal history in the land known as Australia more broadly. I mean, in terms of the consultation that, um, for example, Yarra Council has done in the lead-up to voting on on these decisions, could you describe how that process worked?
1: The city of Yarra represents the multicultural basis of what is in the city of Yarra, and they listen to the people and they listen to the facts that important, and they listen to the Aboriginal people and the heartache of our people. To us, Australia Day is like um, Anzac Day. It's, it's less us forget our fallen warriors that tried to keep hold of what little we had left on the day that the Europeans is coming to Australia, Evasion Day. And they listen to what the Aboriginal people cared about, and they actually did something about it, which is great. You know, like, a lot of people listen and a lot of people say they're gonna help. You know, a lot of people talk about capacity building Aboriginal people, giving us a job and all the rest of it, and talks cheap where the council actually took steps for us, not against us.
0: And in terms of the significance of the decision, by Yarra Council and also Darabin and, slightly differently, Moorland, and also, I believe, Fremantle Council in Western Australia. I mean, what do you feel is the significance of these decisions?
1: Uh, Like I've quoted before, you know, would you ask the Jews to celebrate Hitler's birthday? No, you know. And to us, you know, Australia Day, Australia wasn't discovered, it was always there. Back in uh, the arrival, the invasion of Europe, European people, Aboriginal people were put in the Floor of Fauna Act. It wasn't until 1967 that were actually recognised as citizens. You know, and how can you ask us to, to, to celebrate a day that brought our people down, a day that took away the rights of the Indigenous people of this country? When European people arrived on the shore, we lost rights as human citizens, we lost everything. We lost the right to keep our children and the right to keep the family unit together, which is the forefront of Aboriginal culture.
0: Mm. It certainly demonstrates the particular perspectives behind the current date of Australia Day. Absolutely.
1: Let's tell a black history. Let's talk about what really happened on the day that You know, Captain... I don't don't call him Cook, but I call him Crook. But the day he actually come onto our shores, all of a sudden we lost our rights as human citizens. We lost the rights to keep our family together. And we also lost the rights of being recognised as as citizens of Australia. How can we celebrate that? And, you know, um, how can we celebrate that?
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And in terms of the response of the federal government to the recent council decisions, how would you say that's um, impacted on local Aboriginal communities? Uh,
1: we were very disappointed in the way the, the federal government acted towards the decision of the city of Yarra and, and to the other councils of following see, because I can see a lot more following. Um, how can... The federal government because they're all about human rights and and moving forward? Disadvantage the council who are listening to the true history of Australian occupation of the European regime? Women on the line.
0: And within the context of these conversations on a government level, what do you feel are the main barriers? that you see towards the recognition of Aboriginal people and Aboriginal sovereignty?
1: Oh, look, you know, um, what people don't realise, we're trying to bridge the gap, we're trying to step forward, but, you know, most Aboriginal people live in the lower economic social structure of white society and we all live in in the areas where there's factories, where there's the industrial bases of, of the country, so all of us get industrial disease. You know, most Wurundjeri people die around the age of 60 from uh, emphysema, cancer, or what other things that that ail you from where we are. And what we need to do is we need to move Aboriginal people out of that lower-class structure into other class levels so that we've got the chances and the good life that most non-Indigenous people seem to have advantage to in Australia. I run an Aboriginal archaeological company and um, I've been around a lot longer than most of the companies in Australia and I've trained up a lot of those Aboriginal archaeologists and uh, they seem to get all the, the um, bourgeois contracts from from, from the government and, and I still can't get a guarantee on, you know. When we have equal rights for Aboriginal people and equal opportunity to move forward, when Aboriginal people can own their own homes of a land that we first once owned, then we'll be moving forward. When the federal government realises that, you know, um, we deserve the right to own a home, we deserve the right to find work and compete, we deserve the right to move forward, which is something we can't obtain in our own country on our own land that we once owned
0: and still do. In terms of the particular process that councils like Yarra are currently undertaking to, I suppose, recognise the the full history of January 26th. What do you hope for in terms of the results of that kind of process?
1: What I'm hoping for is that Australian Black History is told, that Australian Black History is taught in schools that Aboriginal people can have equality that we can be equal to other strange citizens. You know, like um, when they... Look, it's it's not long ago, probably 15 or so years ago, but I went to a hotel in um, St Kilda, all at the Esplanade, and we were partying on with all the non-Indigenous people there, and we decided to go down to Fitzroy Street, St Kilda, and uh, enter another pub, and because we had a couple of beers, Everybody else that wasn't Indigenous was allowed into the pub, and me and two of my sisters were denied access because we are Aboriginal, because there's a pre-context, and, and people believe that, you know, because we are black and had a couple of drinks, there was going to be trouble. We were women. We weren't asking for any trouble. We just wanted to continue listening to music and dancing and having a couple more drinks. You know, people think there's no racism in Australia. My God, this is one of the most racist places you'll ever be, you know, and that's not only towards Aboriginal people, but it's towards other cultures and other nationalities that that, that reside here. Let it be free for everybody. Let everybody have the basic human rights that we deserve.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry, that sounds like a horrible experience. I mean, In terms of the pervasive racism in Australian society and, I suppose, supporting the telling of black history and perhaps in a more focused way the issues around January 26, if listeners want to support this kind of process, I mean, do you have any suggestions for the best things for people to do? Yes, and, you know,
1: it's just a first vote yes because um, voting this for gay equality is another step forward it's not about yes or no, it's about human rights and everybody having the right to decide what they want to do or who they want to be within their life and two, recognising the diversity that is the Australian population and not only Indigenous people but all races and, and cultures to be treated equally. And that's what it's all about is giving everybody a fair go and and not discriminating against someone because of their culture, their colour or their background. So what I'd like to see as Australia Day is, is recognising the atrocities that happen to Aboriginal people. The genocide, the murder, the rape, you know, the dispossession, the stolen children, you know, I can go on for hours. But just, just to see that's recognised and it never happens again, but, you know, we're talking about that now. We've got refugee camps off Australia where children and, again, people are not being treated equal and they're living in a environment that's not healthy for the children or the parents. Nor are they feeling safe. I just wish the world was a better place for everybody.
0: That was Wurundjeri Elder Annette Shebaris speaking about the significance of January 26 for Aboriginal people and the recent decision by the City of Yarra Council to move towards a more inclusive recognition of that date. (music) And that's all for Women on the Line today. Women on the Line is a community radio national women's current affairs program. It's produced and presented by a range of women broadcasters from 3CR in Melbourne and broadcasted across Australia on the Community Radio Network. We greatly appreciate financial support from the Community Broadcasting Foundation. We welcome your comments or thoughts on today's show, so send us an email to womenontheline at gmail.com or phone 3CR on 03 9419 8377. Women on the Line programs can be downloaded from our website, 3cr.org.au forward slash women on the line. The theme music for Women on the Line is Slideshow at Free University by La Tigre. I'm Emma Hart. I hope you can tune in again next time.